How's the book going? Oh man, still got to get that thing out. Trying to figure out where to get it published. Yeah, so you're like, what, stuck because you don't have a publisher? I mean, do you need the industry? question I, I mean if you're a filmmaker if you're a writer if you're a musician it's obviously a different thing but eh, you know what i mean yeah or if you're in the medical field your industry is a completely different thing yeah. for sure yeah um so some of what we talk about may or may not apply depending on what yeah. industry you're in but we're definitely talking about creative industry i think yeah and movie studios book publishers record labels yeah yep and in, in all these areas, I guess I think of the industry just as being that market that you're in. But I think like what the big question is not even necessarily if you need the industry as much as the gatekeepers in said industry in whatever it is, because in all of those creative fields, there are traditional routes that yeah. we could follow. And many people feel like they're supposed to follow. There's this old ideal of getting the record contract or, yeah. you know, getting gatekeepers, such a perfect word. And also because with times and technology and culture, the gates change. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe do you need the gatekeepers rather than do you, because you, you were pointing out before we started recording that the problem with, do you need the industry is, uh, you know, even if you, even if you self publish your book, and people buy it, what are they buying it through, right? They're buying it at a bookstore or on Amazon or whatever. So that's the industry. Yeah. So and, to and, some degree, you know, you can't say, well, you don't need the industry uh, because uh, you need a theater to put your show on, right? I mean, that's the industry. Exactly. And you had mentioned, you know, well, if you have a PayPal button on your site, right? Are you? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's true. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, fuck the industry. I don't want anything yeah. to do that. But at the same time, Anarchy. you want to uh, get your product, your, your book, your music out in the hands of other people, whether you're giving, like charging for it or even giving it away for free. Right. If, if you write this book and you are spending thousands of dollars to make it yourself uh, at your in your buddy's garage because fuck the industry yeah. and you are just giving it away on the streets people are reading it and you're still in the book industry it's in right. so you kind of right. can never escape that necessarily yeah. but yeah. you escaped how diy do you want to be i guess is exactly it? yeah because you escaped some gatekeepers potentially but yeah yeah and i think i think that's a great question how diy do you want to be because on the on the music sides of things, maybe we'll start there because that's the obvious, easy well, one for, it's the easiest for us. One for us, the yeah. low-hanging fruit here. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that record contract can be something that people work so long and so hard on, and move to LA for, and all these yeah. things. But we've both had plenty of success without that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get asked all the time, you know, how do I get signed? I like, I want to make this. I want to make, I've got this great band. I want to make this album, but like, I just got to get signed. And I'm always, I'm sure it frustrates the hell out of people, but I immediately say, well, why? What, what for? What is it? I mean, you can't make the record unless what a manager says it's okay. Or, 
your record label approves it or, you know, be your own record label. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that question of why is important because I think if a lot of people were to sit down and answer that, they could potentially then realize that that those things that they think they need a label to do, especially in today's era of technology, they actually are fully capable of doing yeah. by themselves for cheap or free. Right. And suddenly, oh wait, I don't need that company in order to do that. Yep. Yeah. I mean the the that's why I was saying that, you know, what's the gate? Because if you don't if you you do need the gatekeeper if the gatekeeper is keeping a gate that's critical to doing what you do, uh, i.e. if what you want to do is perform live, you need a theater, you need a bar, you need a, you know, concert hall, you need something. And that's a gate, right? So what do you need to do to do? But if you want to perform live and you're cool with just, you know, getting together at your, in, in your house and playing with your buddies, then you don't need, there's no gate, you know? Other than your front gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think if, if, and when things are broken down that DIY, then the only gate any longer is just the potential end user and whether they like it or not. Yeah. And you get through that gate if you are creating quality work and, or it just happens to resonate with that per particular person and right. some people it's not going to and some people it is and um and i think there are, there are pros and cons to what i would call the the traditional route traditional book publishing traditional record label and what i call more you know just the self diy route and in some areas like book publishing i really love to have a foot in both sides because i see pros and cons and i don't necessarily think that one is overall better than the other and some people would probably disagree with that but there are huge benefits to traditional book publishing in some situations there believe it or not still can be an advance check that comes when you sign a contract and they might have distribution that joe schmo doesn't have you know sitting in his garage and um you can get some exposure for your book it's, you know, not bad for the ego when you walk into a guitar center and see your drum book on a shelf or something like that. Um, the, the, pro, the, the cons on that side is the, the royalties are extremely small. They're, yeah. they're pretty low. Well, they're doing work. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you did bring that idea to the table and lots of people I talk to get frustrated about this. They're like, oh my God, they, you know, offered me 10%, you know, of right. the, the sale price and saying like, yeah, that's pretty normal because yeah. this company is taking it on, doing the layout, printing, distributing, yeah. shipping, all this stuff. And if you're angry about the cut that they're taking, do it yourself for a while until you realize why they're taking that cut and then give it to them. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, and the, the, another pro on that side is exposure in whatever your industry is that, um, whether it's totally true or not positions you as an expert in some field, which opens other doors for you, gets past other gatekeepers and other things you want to do. Um, on the DIY side, you know, just using the book publishing thing as an example, again, you have complete 100% control over your product. You don't have to like volley back and forth about what the cover is going to look like or how many pages it's going to have or anything like that. And if you're publishing using Amazon's 
uh, KDP uh, self-publishing model. You're able to look on there daily and see exactly how many of which book you've sold and your royalty rate is higher. On the yeah. on the downside, you have to do all of the work yeah. or be paying people to do all the work right? and be marketing it and everything yourself. Yeah. And you have to go to bed at night knowing that you're feeding fuel into Jeff Bezos's, uh, you know, rocket. <laughs> There's also that. Damn that rocket. And you know, I'm not going to say fuck the industry, but I will say fuck Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, how DIY do you want to be? Is it one of the things that occurs to me when, whenever I'm thinking about this is the, that there, I feel like there are two different categories for when the, the, whatever you're creating starts to become, um, uh, when it goes from an idea in your head to something that the public can consume, there's a whole bunch of different steps, right? You got to get it out of your head onto paper or recorded or whatever. That's a step. And then you got to get it distributed somehow so that people are able to experience it, watch it, listen to it. And then, you know, probably you're going to have to uh, publicize it somehow, let people know that it's a thing that all of this is sort of air quotes, the industry. And there's a lot of that. I, I feel like the, the two categories are what you can't do and what you shouldn't do. And just as a one really super basic example would be if you if you're in a band and you go on tour you can load all your gear drive all night get to where the next show is set up all your gear play your show unload all your gear and then drive you know probably arguably you can but you really shouldn't so you're gonna have to hire somebody who's gonna help you with that you're gonna have to find somebody who is gonna be able to do that because at some point your shows are gonna suck because you're just shot out and you can't move, you know? So that's a, you know, yes, you can DIY it, but you really shouldn't. And then there's also things that, you know, you, you can get uh, an editor to do all of the work on your book, to go through and clean it completely up. Um, whether you should or not, I think really depends on you. Do you need to? Not really. You know, should you? Depends. Are you, are you the kind of writer who's going to create a weird scrambly word mess that looks all crazy and that's what you want? The editor's probably going to ruin that, you know? So can and should are different DIYs. Yeah. And can you afford to? Oh God. Yeah. Well, a, that's a can. A good editor? Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I, no, I think those are really valid questions. And I think sometimes people hesitate or just never take action on some project along those lines because either they feel like they have to go the traditional route, you know, somehow get through these gatekeepers or it's for not, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, I'm not successful unless I somehow, you know, get on Harper Collins with you know, right. and, um, and, and so that just keeps them from like, trying to do the work you know we've talked before yeah. about that 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 fear of rejection and things like that right or the diy thing sounds either like too much work or just a dead end and i would argue that that starting in either side is totally cool because um i'm, I'm working with an artist right now who um amazing musician and um having 
DIY self-released lots of music is now create this body of work that now he is turning around and trying to look at potential ways to go to gatekeepers like music licensing companies to get that DIY work more exposure and some placement in films and TV and things like that. And um, I've had that same experience with a book that I completely released DIY. And after I had worked with a company doing some other projects, Eventually, I let them take a look at this thing that was already for sale on Amazon, you know, with with no um, publishing company behind it. And they said, yeah, that's cool. Like, we'll, you know, take it off there and we'll release it next year, you know, and and the the final product. Again, I make far less per book than I did initially, but I sell way more copies than I ever would have because of the company's exposure. And it looks way better than I initially was able. I'm a lot more proud of the, the final result. Um, so I think you have no reason not to just DIY it and then eventually start finding a home and look at the gatekeepers, but you still always have your baby intact, you know, even if you don't find a different place for it. And that's the kind of the way I look at a lot of publishing things. I, maybe we've referred to this in the past too, but I will, I start with the traditional route. I'll write something and I start sending it off to publishers or literary agents, which is the case right now with um, a middle grade novel that I've got out there. And um, I am not at all concerned with hearing a no. I just really want to get the no fast so I can send it off to the next person. And I have no set rule for this, but I, I kind of entertained that area for a little bit until I eventually get bored with that process and go like, okay, this one doesn't fit for any of these companies. I always know I can DIY it, Yeah, you know? So it's like, I'm kind of throwing it out there, throw shit at the wall, see what sticks. And if somebody is into something, which happens once in a while, it's like, sweet, that's awesome. And if not, I'm like, that's cool. I'll just do it myself so I can get it off my plate and move on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people like to point out and complain about Spotify and, uh, you know, how criminal the royalty payments are and, and, uh, you know, the music is all deteriorated into mp3s or they like to complain about the publishing industry you know how self-publishing has blown up and now it's like there's just a gajillion books a day that come out but the upside of that is that it used to be not that long ago that if you wanted to put an album out you couldn't do it without a label there was just there was no way it used to be that if you wrote a book that bully for you nobody cares because no one's ever going to see it because if Penguin or Random House don't put it out, it doesn't exist. Neither of those is the case anymore. Uh, filmmakers, too, are they've gone from you need the Hollywood studio system to, you know, do you have an iPhone and a MacBook? <laughs> and and it's more and more, it's a matter of um, are you going to make the next Marvel movie on your iPhone? And, no. I mean, well, maybe. <laughs> I would I would love to see that personally. Um but you know if you're going to make your indie drama or whatever I mean man nowadays with the technology and the the way that distribution is it does not the gates ha- mostly have fallen. Yeah, there are some extremely successful bands that are really based on Bandcamp. Yeah. And and you know you're you're right not only has has that changed you know, say in the music world to a place where you don't need those gatekeepers or other companies to get it out there. But also 
it's just changed where you don't need to work with those companies to create a quality product anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it used to be difficult for any band, no matter how good they sounded, to get an ama- to create an amazing sounding album unless they were in an amazing studio and, yeah. and which costs amazing amounts of money and things. Yeah. And now anybody, you know, can do it with the right space and, you know, some tools that we, we've all got, you know, on our phones or laptops now. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's gone from a million dollar two inch reel to reel in a, in a studio to a laptop. Pretty know? crazy. And maybe a couple of good mics if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've chatted music and books and things here, but I'm really curious to hear from listeners about some of your own gatekeeper experiences, like things that you have gone, what we'd call for lack of better terms, you know, quote unquote, traditional route on things, um, successes, failures along those lines, but then also the opposite. What thing, in what ways have you just totally bucked that said, fuck the industry, fuck the gatekeepers and decided to do something on your own. Yeah. I mean, one area that fascinates me with that is theater because there are a lot of directors and actors and playwrights out there who have a vision, but it's incredibly hard to sell tickets. It's incredibly hard to get a theater because they've got to pay a mortgage on the, you know, I mean, on and on and on. And that's an industry that largely is much less changed, you know, due to technology because it's theater. So, you know, in, in the movie making business, you know, Netflix and HBO came along and kind of blew the doors off of everything. But if you are making theater where you're supposed to sit in an audience i i would love to hear from anybody out there who listens to this show who is doing that about how they handle the gatekeepers and the industry and and how that works yeah i think that uh there are probably people listening that are seeing parallels to this in their own world that we're not thinking about at all. I bet. And I'm, I'm really curious to hear. Dylan Dean right now is listening to this and saying, ah, oh, but in medicine, and I have no idea what's after that because I'm not him. Exactly. <laughs> I, I said, maybe this doesn't apply if you're in medicine. And he's like, what? You're completely wrong. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess really, uh, what did we, what did we touch on here? But the, you know that there's what you, what you can't do and what you shouldn't do. And I think that's probably just up to you, listener, to uh, to figure out. <laughs> You're going to have to figure out whether you it's something that you can do without the gatekeepers, or you shouldn't do, or you should. And how DIY do you want to be or not be? Yeah. And uh, I would say, if I'm going to make a broad statement to anyone listening out there about it though don't don't let the gatekeepers or the industry be the reason you don't create no matter what whether you can't or you shouldn't or you do don't let it stop you if you're like i want to make a movie but i don't have six million dollars i hear you i feel your pain it happens to all of us still make the movie or try to get the funding or whatever you know Um, if your feeling is you want to take your band on tour, but you just can't afford it, you know, maybe just book one show in a different town, just do what you can without the gatekeepers, but don't let it make you not do the thing. Keep creating everybody. Everybody.